everybody, and welcome to another episode of Adventures in Angular. This week on our panel, we have Brooks Forsyth. Hey, everyone. Eddie Hinkle. What's going on? Chris Ford. Hello. I'm Charles Maxwood from devchat.tv. We have a special guest this week, and that is Nishu Goel. Hi, everyone. Early in my career, I figured out which jobs were worth working at and which ones weren't, mostly by trial and error. I created a system that I used to find jobs and later contracts as a freelancer. If you're looking for a job or trying to figure out where you should go next, then check out my book, The Max Coder's Guide to Finding Your Dream Developer Job. The book walks you through figuring out what you want, vetting companies that meet your criteria, meeting that company's employees, and getting them to recommend you for a job. Don't settle for whoever has listed their job on the job board. Go out and proactively find the job you'll love. Buy the book at devchat.tv slash job book. That's devchat.tv slash job book. Do you want to just introduce yourself real quick? Let us know who you are, why you're famous. Sure. So yeah, again, hi, everyone. I'm, my name is Nishu Goyal, and I work as a software developer at IBM. I am recently been recognized as a Google, Google developer expert in Angular and web technologies. I love writing blog posts around um, the concepts of Angular. And I also create code labs, which you can refer to if you're stuck anywhere with any, any code activities. So yeah, thank you for having me, Chris. Yeah, no problem. We got you on to talk about your article that was written uh, oh last year. I was like, oh, this is real recent. And it is kind of, but December of last year, you wrote an article, Creating Framework Agnostic Web Components with Angular. Do you, do you want to just kind of give us the 10,000 foot view on this, the, the general outline of what, what we're talking about here, and then we can have a conversation about what it means? Sure. So first of all, the idea behind this, why I chose to write about it was the setting that I work in, right, at IBM, at my workplace, is, is more like a garage concept. Now, what it really means is that we don't really work on a long-term project which has one, you know, tech stack involved. It's it's more like different clients coming in, different tech, tech stack involved. So that's that's when, you know, the need of web components really jumps in. We have Angular for two months, let's say, but then React for another five months. And that's when creating one component and then, you know, maybe having the need to create it again with any other technology or any other framework is not really a smart thing to do, right? So what I really do at, at my workplace is building a component, exporting it as a web element, be it with, with any framework or without any framework, pushing it to the internal repository, and then using it in any other framework-based project that we are working with. So I think that's, that's the main reason why I chose to write, behind, write about web components. And then Angular is my forte. So <laughs> with Angular elements is the go-to about this uh, blog post. Right. And web components, my, in, in my understanding, talking to people is that they pretty much run everywhere. There are different specifications, but it's, it's pretty direct. So, so how does Angular elements actually tie into this? Because it seems like that's also supposed to run everywhere, but I've, I've not gotten like the clear rundown as to what the difference is. So if you look at it, the way we do property binding, event binding in Angular is, is almost similar to how web components work. There also we do property binding, just, just using a property and, you know, passing it any value that we want to. For example, we have, we have built a web component or a custom element using Polymer. And that's when, you know, we want all the properties to be coming in from some other component as an encapsulated value or any, any DOM node as such. That's when we just simply, you know, we'll pass in the template, or, I mean, or the property and the event. This is exactly what we do in Angular with a custom selector that we use. 
so i i think angular was built with respect to you know thinking that we can use it use a component as a custom element so it pretty much aligns with how web components work and the specifications if you look at those they are also very similar custom elements being the linchpin of it because that's what the main role of web components are, is and just like we use view encapsulation using shadow dom in there to encapsulate the css the styling and the the dom nodes from the rest of our consuming application that's exactly what we do in angular again so yeah pretty much am i able to make it clear to you how angular elements aligns with web components in general yeah i think so i am curious then does angular elements actually compile down to web components in some way or is it is it kind of a yes. lightweight angular that you tree shake everything out and throw i don't know yeah so pretty much not not really so it's like a lot of angular code is still involved in the bundle that we create mm-hmm. obviously officially it's not yet supported to you know export that bundle use it in any other framework so in angular we can use it as a web component but outside in any other framework it's still not officially supported okay. but then we have other community projects that are helping us with that so for example ngx build plus if you've heard of that that allows us to create a single bundle of the code of the component that we have created as a web component and then we can uh, use the web component uh, in a react framework project maybe or any vanilla javascript project as well so there's there's a community project that lets us do that i guess is it's not out of the box yet but right okay it's it's called ngx build plus it's it's not just for that purpose but many other purposes as well i mean if you want to compile down to a very small bundle not just for angular elements but for you know other purposes as well when it comes to dependency injection or other things sounds cool you should take a look at it now do you guys tend to just build straight web components and then use them in your Angular projects or in your React products? Or do you actually build it using Angular elements and then use build plus to export? I guess, where do you start, right? Is it the web component level or do you actually start in a framework and export it? So the basic idea is to create a lot of components so that you know we align with the reusability at our workplace and a lot of components are available for other employees as well so that you know they can just come in use a component not really referring to outside components which are externally available so that's the basic purpose which means that we don't really start at a framework level we would just prefer to you know create a component and export it as a web component if it's an angular then great if not then outside maybe you know using stencil js polymer or any other framework or technology to build a web component that's the main idea gotcha so regardless of where you start you're able to still you know if it's angular you use ngx build plus if it's you know a different framework you do have do it however they support. support yeah but then you just collect it all into like a library of web components that you guys can yeah use. so we call it the internal npm repository and push it all there and then use it for our internal purposes awesome very cool has anyone else created a web component before here nope i don't think so <laughs> i guess not nope yeah. slacker i've only done it on a sort of a, a tutorial level it's it's something that i'm i, I am interested in i want to dig into when when i can find time in my life to dig into stuff i've i've mentioned before on on a podcast i've 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 got the, the manning did a book uh, published a book web components in action 
I have that book. I've worked through some of the examples. It's something that I, I think is 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 very cool. I think it's going to be possibly part of the part of the the future of front end development. But yeah, I haven't done, I haven't dug into it as much as I would like to. Right. The very interesting thing that you mentioned here was the book Web Components in Action. I I was re- reading it some time back, and it really mentions a very good uh, concept there, which is framework fatigue. So, how many of you agree with that? Framework fatigue. Do you suffer from framework fatigue? Yeah, I think that's definitely a thing. I mean, depending on the work context environment. So I think like in the front end world, we run into that a lot. I think like in my job, I'm able to kind of be insulated from that because we can just focus on one and forget that anything else exists. Uh, But yeah, in the day to day uh, job of you know a front end developer, it's definitely tough to to keep up with all the different frameworks and what works here and what doesn't. I just use the best framework out there and Angular. So, you know, it's <laughs> no, no, no fatigue for me. <laughs> I, th- I mean, I, th- I think the, the main thing I see with or feel in terms of framework fatigue is just when is, is more of the, the conversations between people who, who are just obsessed with their framework or library of choice being the only good one. I mean, I, I like to, maybe I'm very enlightened, but I, I always like to go into those arguments by by just saying, look, they're, all of these major frameworks, they all address the same issue and they all have their own ways of handling it and they've all got pros and cons. And, and I, I get frustrated when you get someone going, yeah, but also you're using Angular and that sucks, you know, something like that. <laughs> So that, that, that's where I feel fatigue. Right. Another interesting thing with web components, I just remember, is, is, is that, you know, you don't really carry the uh, framework functionality into the custom element that you build. So somebody who's using the custom element that you have built doesn't need to be an Angular expert, doesn't need to be a React person. It's just that he has to use it as another div element or another button element. Because it's it's just an HTML element, right? That it compiles to. So my Angular component, let's let's call it a spider chart, but uh, spider chart uh, selector, it's gonna compile down to a lot of divs in there. So it's it's very easy for the the user consumer to you know understand it and doesn't really need to be a framework or a technology expert. Yeah, and that, that, that's exactly what you need because um just just. Just to tell a little story, I had a, a colleague about uh, six months to a year ago who built a, a, help, a helper tool, basically, for the project that we were working on, which was an Angular project. Now, he built this helper tool in Vue because it was because he, he just saw it as a little side project. He was doing it to help himself. But then, of course, the, the stakeholders for the project come along and say, ah, we like this helper tool. Can we please integrate into the application? He had to rewrite the entire thing. In Angular now, if he if actually we've been able to do that just as as web components, then presumably he could have built that once, and we could have inserted it into any application you wanted. Right. So my question is: is you know we've talked about the portability, but besides portability, are there other advantages? I'm thinking performance or things like that. Yeah. So imagine using a dynamic component in in Angular. So th- there's a lot of code that we write to create a dynamic component, right? Now, instead of creating a dynamic component within Angular, why not just use you know, a component that's, that's already built with some other lighter functionality, use it as a selector in your uh, HTML application, and, and it works. But performance definitely is an issue when you, know, you are creating a big bundle for a small functionality, which might not really be required. 
for example you know if i'm if i'm wanting to build a let's say what do we call it let's take some other example not a spider chart so let's say i'm creating a slider and that's what i'm creating my component for but now that it's such a small functionality i don't want to create a big bundle for that with all the angular functionality or any other functionality per se and that's when you know we really might have to reconsider that should we create it as a web component or it's good enough you know as a native component itself so yeah that's where performance comes into picture but web components are really helpful with micro front ends and people are really you know choosing to go with web components when dealing with micro front ends what? no need of you know having a full application uh, parallel to let's say one angular application and then using a separate application to use the react functionality but then just use a web component in place what's what's preventing you from doing an application just in web components like just building it all in web components i assume there's some functionality missing from there right like routing or in 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 case of angular you mean angular or in general so if if you look at the ionic website it's all built on uh, built on angular i mean stencil js components so we right. can actually yeah. do that it's very performant but yeah with angular since it's not officially supported yet and there's a lot of angular code that comes in we don't really you know you know we are not lo- really looking forward to building the full application with angular components which means web components here but yeah i think we people are using a lot of stencil js components polymer components i mean lit element now and building applications just on the basis of those yeah i've been using ionic 4 and 5 so i'm familiar with stencil i was just the stencil compile is is there a difference between besides i know the syntax is different is different right you with stencil's more react based kind of and you know angular elements obviously isn't but is is there a difference in what comes out at the other end through the compiler is, is stencil just a web component and angular elements you still need this other library to get it to work in other uh, frameworks so there's a lot of dependency on zone js as of now okay. but then again with a lot of refactoring and then you know when when it comes on officially then we are not really going to require all that but yeah obviously with stencil and polymer we don't really need those which is why they you know people are using those lighter components a lot into their applications but okay. at the end of the day it's just an html element which your browser should understand and it's all a lot of uh, dev elements so yeah that's that's what it is at the end of the day also so let's say you have created one component now the browser is definitely not going to throw a, an error for that it's just going to consider it as an html unknown element and ignore that if it doesn't un- understand it do you understand what i mean yeah if if it doesn't recognize the element yeah so it's not going to say i don't understand uh, what spider chart let's say spider chart selector is it's just going to ignore that because it it it'll consider it as an html unknown element okay so yeah. makes sense i'm curious what is the what is the advantage of using angular elements over just a, a vanilla web components i mean in in my head it would be that i am and again from from sort of my my small amount of dabbling you you you've got a not like exactly a new syntax to build a vanilla web component but you got to kind of learn how to do a new thing whereas presumably building an angular elements component i can just go ahead and use angular in the same way that i'm used to doing it is that the main advantage or are there other advantages to doing that so yeah think of it as a 
as somebody who's developing an angular application for like four to five months because you're you're in a, into a full-time project maybe at your workplace and a lot of your colleagues have to use the same thing over and over again and you definitely don't want them to write the code for it because maybe they might be working in a react application but it's the same functionality so it's just a little extra work you have to export it as a web component but then you know it's really adding value to the efficiency of the work that you're doing so if i am you know developing five components because i'm working in an angular project i might consider building them as web components and you know it really soothes and uh, smooths the process for all the other my colleagues or maybe uh, anybody out there who's who's one, who might be interested to use it so i think that's that's how i consider it to be of great use mm. do, do you have do you have a preference I, would you go vanilla web components or would you go angular elements no preferences <laughs> <laughs> excellent Is i'm kind of curious how, how do you test them like if you pull a, a web component in how do you go about testing it to make sure it does what it's supposed to do? I have not really been, I'm not into testing as such, so no idea on that. I think you can't, you just use, uh, you know, your, your normal front-end unit testing library of choice. Or do you mean like end-to-end testing or do you mean like unit tests? Because I mean... I, I meant like unit tests. I would imagine you could just use, you know, Jest or, or Jasmine. Or, or yeah. yeah. Yeah, just tell it, yeah. Because it's, it's, just, it's just JavaScript at the end of the day, yeah. right? Click it. Did it trigger the thing? Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. I should have a look. I'll, I'll have a look at the at the Manning book because I'm sure it's got a chapter on testing. I'll come back to you with a hot update. Let's say if I have just a regular, you know, dumb Angular component, how much work is involved into turning that into an Angular element component? Right. So, first of all, uh, that comp- uh, okay earlier. I mean, with before Angular eight, you had to consider creating it as an entry component and declare it in the entry components array. But now that IV has come in, you don't really need to declare one component as an entering component. It, it would be considered an entering component already. That's one thing which we used to do before Angular 8. Another thing, you need to bootstrap your module, whichever module has uh, that uh, component in it. Let's say if you don't want Angular application to bootstrap the module that you're looking for, you can you avoid bootstrapping it and then manually you know use the ng do bootstrap method that's where you write the code for creating the custom element now that's when the role of web components come in you install it install the package web components and then use the custom elements api then there's this define method in that which you use to you define the selector of the component that you're using so let's say you want to build a slider component you would define it there using the custom elements API. And then because you need to register it with your browser, that's when you'll register it with the, I mean, the selector, whichever you want to give. Let's say you want to call it slider hyphen. Also, there's a convention with the naming that you give to your um, custom element. It, you you can't just, you know, call it a uh, spider with a, cam, with a camel case or anything. It needs to have a hyphen, uh, hyphen within the, the name of the component. An interesting story. When I was preparing for my talk, at NG India recently, and that was about web components. So I, I was naming my component Hello because I was, you know, doing it very quickly, and I just wanted to keep it Hello and just try it, and it didn't work at all. And I was like, Why the hell is not it? It's not working because I tried it too many times before, and I was using it already, but I didn't really focus on the convention bit. Then I thought, Let me let me try calling it Hello there, and I didn't check the convention even then, and it worked. So that's when I understood, Okay, it's the convention. 
so yeah, it needs to we need to keep it keep a hyphen in in the name there so yeah i was talking about registering it with the browser so you register it now the main bit comes in anybody any guesses polyfills polyfills okay. are a pain when when you're dealing with web components because that you need to add a lot of polyfills and you need to be very particular about those so if you, you if you're using angular elements package right there is a polyfill which is a very light in size you can use that but then it's not really supporting all, all the, the different browsers so that's when we choose to use the web components polyfill we import that separately and use it inside our polyfills file that's when it would support all the different browsers and what what else do you need to do you have created the web component i mean custom element you have registered it with the browser uh, you would declare it as an entering component if it's before angular 8 and yes i think that's pretty much it you can use it then recall i, I don't think yeah that's that's pretty much it we kind of touched on performance a little bit earlier but i don't think in this context like when you're in angular mm-hmm. angular is having to communicate with the web component with change detection and things like that yeah is there a performance that, like do you notice that the web component doesn't work as smoothly or easily as the native Angular component? Or have you not noticed anything like that? So I particularly didn't notice anything of that sort because we are we usually create very small components as web components, right? Because otherwise, if it's a huge component, you would not consider uh, exporting it as a web component. But yeah, it, it works very smoothly with chain detection. You just need to set in, injector service there and the dependency injection is taken care of. So when you are declaring your, remember I was talking about custom elements dot define method. That's where you can use the injector service as well, and dependency yep. injection is then taken taken care of. Gotcha. Now, okay. Yeah. If if you're using this uh, custom element that you created using Angular elements inside an Angular application, there's there's just one thing that you need to do. So let's say you have another Angular application which wants to use a custom element which you built in this other Angular application. So the consuming one needs to have the schemas array in your ng module, which which would have custom element schema. You just need to define that for uh, just to tell Angular that okay, you might expect you know a component which is not a native Angular component, but it might come come in as a, a web component, custom element, and that's all about consuming it. So there's there's no bit no much of a hassle you know when you are dealing with web components. So yeah, nobody can you know should say that okay, it's a, it's a lot of hassle and I don't really want to create it as a web component because it's really smoothing the task that you're doing and not much of a work to do there. Oh, cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Have you heard of Atwood's Law? He says that anything that can be built in JavaScript eventually will be built in JavaScript, and that includes mobile apps. You can build awesome mobile apps and Apple TV and other apps with React Native Come check us out every week as we talk about some of the ins and outs of building mobile apps with JavaScript and with React on React Native Radio. You can find it at reactnativeradio.com. So one thing that I'm wondering is, like, what what prompted this article in Angular In-Depth? I mean, was this something you did at work and then you reached out to them and said, hey, can I write an article? Or, yeah, how did this come about? So I I actually write uh, blog posts around Angular concepts. And before this as well, I was publishing articles with them. The first time was, yeah, when, when I approached them that I would like to publish it with Angular in depth. But for this one, I mean, after that first article, then I simply started submitting it to the publication and they would accept it. 
correct things if if need be and yeah accept the article into the publication that makes sense but this one it is just uh, submitting it to the publication and accepting it right uh, i guess what i'm asking because that was part of what i wanted to know but the other part of what i wanted to know was is this something that you've done at work or done on a personal project right i've done it at work so as i told you before the setting in which i work it's it's where you know we use a lot of frameworks here so if i am working on one framework i would create and there's an interesting component let's say i would just create it push it to the repository and anybody can use it in their project so let's say one other person is pro- working for another client with another framework they can use it too in their application so that's what you know made me actually write about it that's when i started exploring a lot about web components and wrote about it what what kinds of components then are in this shared library like what kinds of things are you finding you want to put into this kind of a setup uh, for example a bar chart component is the most widely used here that we yeah in many applications also that gets used a lot for maybe a education based portal that we are building mm-hmm. if if it's a e-commerce portal then you know maybe a search bar which we don't want to use from any other library a search bar would be another one yeah that makes sense yes has anybody used um ngx build plus before for any other purposes not if not web components i've never heard of it okay you you must try it out for different purposes it really brings uh-huh. down yeah. the bundle size to very small and yeah it's widely used for angular elements as well yeah we should see if we can get manfred on the show talk about it <laughs> yeah yeah i i've heard of it one of the guys on my team was reading about it cuz we were trying to figure out if we wanted to like we have different sections of our rather large application and so we we're trying to figure out do we want a single large you know module where everything is one application or do you want like a couple smaller angular applications kind of micro front ends type approach and so he was looking at using ngx build plus to be able to make that be possible but we, yeah, it ended up getting super complicated. So we're like, ah, let's just keep it simple for now. <laughs> but I uh, keep a single Angular application. But yeah, NGX Build Plus seemed pretty cool for that. But I had no idea it was also working with Angular elements until today. So that's awesome. Yeah. And I, I'm just curious to know if anybody uses the HTML, I mean, the web component specifications for any other purposes other than, you know, creating Angular, I mean, web components. Just like in general, maybe you know HTML templates or you know encapsulating your code from the rest of your consuming application. If not web components, just just normally. I think I guess the the advantage we have in using a framework such as Angular in, is that it it does such a fabulous job of of scaffolding all of what you've just mentioned there for us, doesn't it? Inside of the uh, inside of the framework. But the thing that the thing that drew me to web components uh, in the first place where, when I I first picked up that book is from from looking through the you know the first few chapters of the book it was it made it very clear that yeah this is this is giving me the option to do effectively what I do when I'm building angular components just without necessarily being tied to angular and I think that's I think that's very powerful and I I I I believe fairly strongly that that's that's probably the direction that front end development is is going to head towards I think right yeah, I th- I think you still need you still need your framework, uh, and this this kind of leads back to I think Brooke's question maybe you know 
15, 20 minutes ago. But I, I because I and and get, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I feel like building building your your web components is is still it's like building your Angular components, right? But you still there's more to Angular than just the components because you actually it gives you the really nice wrapper for making Ajax requests. It gives you your your routing. You you get things like your form validation and, and things like that. So it's still useful to use a framework to help you with all of that stuff. But I guess the point of web components is that yeah, you can you can if you want to build a a, a graph, as you say, or you know, a bar chart or some amazing sign, you know, sign up form or a button um, that you might want to use across multiple applications across different libraries and frameworks. And yeah, you do it in a web component and and then import it into your applications. Right. And also in the first place, we always say, right, that Angular framework is to build enterprise level applications, big applications, large applications. So if we take that into consideration, these are two different different things, right? Yeah, absolutely. There's nothing to stop you from using Angular for, you know, nice little hobby apps and things, I guess. But I guess at the same time it's it's quite heavyweight. Well there, I mean, they 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 improve on that every with every version, don't they? I mean, Angular is a lot lighter when you ship it now than it was when it was Angular 2. Right. And with Ivy coming in, we expect a lot more decrease in the size of, you know, the web component that we'll be building. Also, um, in in the talk at NG India, Rob Rob Bormal came in and he he explained that you know with IV with Angular 10 maybe uh, there'll be a lot of work on Angular elements and it might be officially you know um, allowed to export it as a web component to be used in other frameworks as well. Yeah, so that yeah, that, that, that would be cool. Work on Angular elements in Angular 10. Yeah, that would be cool because I'm I've sort of been having a look through the. The docs on the Angular doc site about about Angular elements and it it does it does sound like at the moment you you ship a lot of Angular <laughs> like with your component which is gonna just gonna give you a big bloated component but yeah it'd be it'd be nice to see something maybe in the CLI or something that will just compile it all the way out to just just straight up web component that'd be nice because then you know you get the advantage that I can write it in Angular because that's a it's a framework and a syntax that I'm I'm comfortable and, and happy using, right? So it means that I could I could start pumping out elements for other people to use regardless of their framework. But I can sit at home or at work using the framework and the syntax that I'm comfortable with. So yeah, that'd be very cool. Exactly. And also, you know, your favorite functionalities in any framework that you work a lot in would be you would be able to carry those to any other framework that you might have to work with in any other project, right? So, yeah. for example, validation in Angular forms is so advanced, so good. We can use it very, you know, for good purposes, great purposes. So, I think carrying that as a functionality to maybe in any other framework or a vanilla project, that that is something you know, web components can really help us with. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, yeah. having having recently built some some custom form validation in vanilla JavaScript, I can attest to the fact that if I could have built a form in Angular and just exported it as a web component that I could have used. That would have been very nice because it, yeah, Angular, yeah, you're absolutely right. Angular form validation is great. You just drop a few things in and it works beautifully. Uh, whereas trying to build it yourself just turned into a, a hot mess. <laughs> it was very unpleasant. Right. I'm just curious. Did you write a custom valid validator in vanilla JavaScript? Yeah, I don't. I can't. I don't know how good it is, but it kind of did the job. But it wasn't. I want to say it wasn't fun. It kind of was because I was <laughs> hacking around with something, you know, and I, I had a problem to solve. But 
it was also, I was sitting there, you know, just, oh, I wish I was doing this in Angular because I could, I could literally just go, mm, validators not required, done. <laughs> and it's like, instead of just messing around with lines, reams and reams of code and HTML and all sorts of stuff. Or using a web component built with Angular. <laughs> Should have done right. that. Should have done it in Angular. Angular elements, absolutely. Well, next time I will. Yeah. Assuming that they, they make it so I can fully export it, right? But yeah, that's the future. And that, that, that's a future that would be good. Yeah. Anything else we want to pounce on here before we uh, go to picks? I can give you an update on the testing. Let's do the book. I have, I have no idea. This, I mean, it might be that the book is opinionated, right? But um, the guy who's writing it, whose name I don't have easy access to, excellent. He says that there is a... He recommends using something called Web Component Tester, which is a tool created by the Polymer team. And once you're using the Web Component Tester, you can just write everything in your favorite front unit testing library. It looks like he, he, he describes using Mocha and... We use it with Chai, I think. And then also Karma but all using the web component testing tool. So yes, sounds like uh, you maybe have to add a little bit of extra stuff in there, but I guess you could still just unit test the way you're used to. Nice. Okay. And about the web component specifications, I think I can mention more. So if you all know, I mean, we have HTML template to template to, you know, use templates, just like uh, the version of it we have in Angular, right? Just like we use ng template, or you can call it the successor, maybe not really an alternative to that. But we don't really have HTML imports now because due to, you know, many different, like different bundles, multiple imports, we could not really, many browsers didn't support HTML imports. So that's that's cut off as a web component specification now. And we have HTML template, custom elements. Custom element is the main bit because you, what you really want at the end of the day is a custom element of your web component. And then Shadow DOM, which is for encapsulating your styles and DOM nodes from the rest of your component. So yeah, that's about the web component specifications. Yeah, that's interesting. Actually, in the in the early version of the the web components in action book, because you know Manning do this thing where you can just you can buy the book as soon as they've got a couple of chapters written and they and they update it as as it's written. In the in the early versions, the author was talking about HTML imports as being part of the spec, and then another version comes out and, and the text is changed to, I'm not so sure this is going to be available, but, but we'll still talk about it. And then, yeah, that's, that's pretty much out of the spec now. So it's, it's interesting. I mean, it's, it's, it is an evolving spec, you know, it's kind of just the, the web component spec itself is just like evolving before my eyes, just with literally every, every version of this, of this book that I, I, I got hold of. So yeah, it's, um, it is, it's bleeding edge stuff, isn't it? Yeah, but it's also uh, great to be, you know, a part of the process as mm. as it's building and becoming more progressive and interesting to build with. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to have to move it up my to-do list. I feel like I say this every week, actually. I've, somebody tells me about something that's on my to-do list. I say, oh, move it up my to-do list. I'm just going to end up with a, another to-do list, <laughs> probably with everything I've moved up. But yeah, this, uh, I'm going to have to get into this because I've been fascinated for a long time and is going to give me a kick up the backside that I need. I see everybody else grinning when you say I've got to move it up my to-do list. That's me <laughs> like every week. Do an episode of any any of the shows and it's like, oh, well, I, I got to figure this one out now. And yep. 
remember we were talking about adding polyfills manually so with ngx build plus we don't really need to add polyfills manually and th there is this command where you can generate those polyfills using the library and it would add all the polyfills for you so that again you know the library would help you with and obviously it happens a lot of times that i mean i was doing a live demo when i was giving this talk and i forgot to add polyfills can you imagine so that's where the library would really come to be of help speaking of polyfills that is mostly just needed for like wide browser support like if you have a modern browser does it require any polyfills or where is that? Yes, if you want to support the older browsers as well. Gotcha. Okay, so if you like use Google Chrome, that is like the current version of Google Chrome, like that'll just support any web components. Mostly, yes. Okay. How how can we find? That? Is that on? Can I use or is there a different thing for web components? No, no, you can use. Can I use a website for that? And it would help you with all the browsers that would yeah, be supporting okay. you. Yeah. Can you just do it for web components? Well, I'm I'm about to find out web components. Yes, there's another very interesting website. Let me just share the link to that. Oh, custom elements. There you go. Yeah. Oh, it's not supported in IE. Yeah, you can imagine. Yeah. Okay. So, well, yeah, custom elements are supported in Edge, Firefox, well, everywhere except Internet Explorer. Safari is needs a bit of work. iOS Safari needs a bit of work. No surprises there. Opera Mini completely not supported, but luckily, I don't think anyone uses that. QQ browser, I don't even know what that is. So yeah, custom elements are there in evergreen browsers. Yeah, there's another link to uh, this, this website that I've shared, which is called Custom Elements Everywhere. Now this website talks about the compatibility of a framework to be building a web component. Mm. So if you scroll through it, you would see that you know Polymer is 100% compatible to building web components. It, it also shows Angular to be uh, perfectly compatible, 100% compatible. Now, it's definitely not in terms of build size and performance and other things, but in terms of, you know, how you do property binding, how you um, export, I mean, emit an event when you have to uh, deal with any click, let's say, in your web component. So, again, in, in terms of that, it's 100% performant. It, it would tell you for different frameworks, which all, you know, you can use to build your web component. It also mentions about DIO. I don't know what that is. DIO library, Angular JS, Hyper HTML, Lit Element. Again, that's that's hundred percent. Yeah, this is interesting as well. Yeah, that's super helpful. Looks like DIO is Dart. I might be wrong. Just putting it out there, I might be wrong. But DIO Dart. is Dart still a thing? <laughs> uh, you just offended a whole bunch of people. Where's wow. where's, where's the Flutter show? <laughs> Uh, don't tempt me. All right. I have um, enough going on right now. Sorry. Sorry. I'll be quiet. No, it's true, though. I've had a few people asking about that. Wow. It's interesting. Yeah. They had Angular what? Dart for a while. Yes. What's Surplus? What was that? Surplus. I've not heard of this library. This is right above Swelt, if you see on the website. Surplus. I don't know which library that is. I'm not sure. Where is it? Oh, Surplus. Uh, is it? Surplus JS. High performance JSX web views. Uh, you lost me at JSX, unfortunately. <laughs> oh. Yeah, let's have that fight. That must be fighting words. <laughs> DIO, no, that's got to be something else that is not the Dart library. Yeah. I wish they had a link out. Like, Yeah, to open the, docu the official document. Yeah, this is DIO, right? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, that would be helpful. Wow, there's there's a lot more libraries doing this than I thought there was. Yeah. Mithril. Yeah. Mithril as well. Yeah. React. React. React seems to be the lowest in terms of score. Huh. This is cool. Yeah. Oh, here we go. If you click on the related issues, it will take you to GitHub, which I believe Ooh. then takes you to the official project GitHub. Oh, they changed it as D-Y-O. Yeah. Of course, now I want it D-Y-O. to be Dayo. <laughs> yeah, D-Y-O-J-S. Yep. So, yeah, this other one should just be updated. All right. And now my autocorrect is correcting uh, D-O-D-I-O to dip. <laughs> Are you freelancing or moonlighting? Or maybe you've thought about going out on your own. Every week, we have a group of developers at various stages of the freelancing journey on The Freelancer Show to talk about becoming better at freelancing. We also bring in experts to talk about marketing, SEO, and delivering high quality to clients. So if you're interested in going freelance or you are freelance, check it out at freelancershow.com. Well, let's go ahead and do some picks. Eddie, do you want to start us off with picks? Sure. So I have two picks today. One is sunlight and warm weather because this warm weather this weekend, I've loved it. And in more practical is Nest.js. I am kind of revisiting my personal website. And currently it was just kind of a whole bunch of JavaScript thrown together in just Express Node.js. And so Nest.js, I've been reading about and kind of starting to experiment with for being kind of the framework for my website, which I think will be much nicer because I don't have to kind of worry about a bunch of architectural things. I can just write the little bits. It kind of feels like Angular for the back end, which is nice. So, yeah, I keep hearing that. I think we need to bring somebody on to talk about it. Chris, what are your picks? I'm going to have one pick this week. Last night, my wife and I went to see our favorite stand up comedian live who's doing a UK tour. It's like the first time he's been out in about six or seven years. It was really funny, really enjoyed it. His name is Rod Gilbert, which is our. H-O-D, because he's Welsh. Um, He's just this sort of really abrasive Welsh funny man who manages to spend a couple of hours talking about the incredibly mundane things in life that annoy him. And it is just side-splittingly funny. Um, I did a bit of a search because I appreciate that a large proportion of our listener base are probably in the US. I did a search to see if you could get his DVDs and things on Amazon.com and you kind of can't. It looks like you can get his live shows on Amazon Music. So if you have Amazon Music, it might be worth listening to. Or if you can find any of his stuff on YouTube, I have no idea how well the, the Welsh humor will translate outside of the UK, but I thoroughly recommend it. He's, he's hilarious. That's Rod Gilbert. Awesome. Brooks, what are your picks? I'll pick uh, Capacitor, which is kind of the replacement or Ionix version of Cordova. I've been developing some capacitor plugins. And so far, it's, it's, it hasn't been capacitor holding me back, that's for sure. But yeah, it's, it's been good so far. I've, I've gotten a couple working. So yeah, that's my pick. Awesome. I also was doing a little bit of work and found that Nishu had written a book. And so I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. It's about Angular routing. We'll probably have to just have you come back and, and tell us what we're doing wrong there. Because I know I'm not getting it right. But anyway, so I'm going to shout out about that. And then my wife and I have been watching a show called The Masked Singer. And uh, it's, it's kind of fun. Of course, 
I want to go and like Google all the people and see if I can figure out who these folks are. And my wife insists that that's cheating. So we'll see. We went back and started watching season two because I didn't watch it. And I don't know who all these people are under the masks. And I can't Google them, right? Because I feel like if I go look them up, oh, this might be so-and-so. It'll actually tell me that it is. And yeah, I want to be, you know, I want to pull the mask off and then be like, see, I was right. So anyway, so that's been fun. So I'm going to shout out about that as well. The Masked Singer. I guess I have one more pick that I'll throw out there and it's called Expert Secrets. It's a book by Russell Brunson. It's awesome. So there you go. Nishu, what are your picks? I think WebAssembly. I've been exploring WebAssembly quite a lot. I'm really curious to, you know, know how... It, it takes over the world of front-end, which is by JavaScript. And is it is it really a competitor? I mean, is it going to run in parallel to the JavaScript uh, way of building? Or is it going to take over that? So that's that's pretty interesting. Also, also the terms that it uses, you know, like a virtual container for, <laughs> for the building of front-end. Also, one place for, you know, the UI, the back-end and all that. So, yeah, that's pretty interesting. I've been exploring that quite a lot. Also, there's a game built all based on WebAssembly, Vasm. That game it's also is very interesting. I, I don't have the link to that right now. But yeah, you, you should check that game out. That's, that's interesting. That's one of my picks. The other pick, I mean, which, which should be a more of casual thing as I pick up from the picks that you've been sharing. So I think playing with rabbits is quite a interesting thing that I've been doing lately. My Twitter handle is the name is after my rabbit, I, a pet rabbit that I had. So yeah, that's it. Yeah, I guess I should ask that. Uh, if people want to connect with you online, where are you? Yeah, I'll, I'll share that here in the chat. It's called DeCosta Wilson on Twitter. I know that's, that's a stupid name, but yeah, that's how I used to call my rabbit. So. Oh, I think we've all had dumb handles at one point or another or things that we're at least embarrassed about that yeah other people are going to look at and go oh well that's kind of fun that's what internet handles are good for inside that's right (laughs) heck yeah all right well thanks for coming and talking to us nishu thank you so much for having me it was really interesting to talk to all of you yeah absolutely well we'll have another one next week max out everybody bandwidth for this segment is provided by cashfly the world's fastest cdn Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.